Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So there's this guy who lives in Queens, snaps pictures for a living, goes out with this groovy gal named Mary Jane, has a prune-faced auntie named May who dotes on him. Oh, and he also generates webs from his hands, crawls up walls, and wears tights. Funny guy, you know, from CPL Radio Online, this is Book of the Day. It's October 25th, 2022 in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. I'm Jeff Messerin. I'd like to introduce you to my own personal J. Jonah Jameson, the cigar-chomping book critic at large, Steve Donahue. Hello, everybody. Good day to you, sir. Uh, if you haven't guessed by now, we're not talking about anybody from Trump's cabinet. Uh, but we, we, may, know. we know. Exactly. Now, that would be an interesting angle for the comic to go. We're talking about everyone's favorite web slinger, of course, Spider-Man. And uh, Steve, you have a new book today that kind of covers his, yeah, covers his movie life quite a bit, his film life. Is that really what we're doing? Great power. How Spider-Man conquered Hollywood during the golden age of comic book blockbusters by Sean O'Connell, who could not, those of you who are not watching, the, the cover shows one half movie reel, one half the Spider-Man logo. And you know, also he, the most yeah. hackneyed title for a Spider-Man book imaginable. <laughs> <laughs> Sean O'Connell did not look far for the title of his book. <laughs> Low-hanging fruit, wasn't it? <laughs> Even you listeners who don't know anything about comics will already know with great power comes great responsibility. That comes from Spider-Man. That comes from Stanley. <laughs> Everyone thinks is that was that in the uh, uh, Wolf Badge uh, Scout book? No, it's, it comes from know, Stanley. That's what, they think. that's what they think. They think, you know, the junior Tecumseh badge I have to get. With great power comes great responsibility. And I also learn how, have to learn how to make a tourniquet. But no, it comes from Stanley. <laughs> absolutely I've never spent any time with the boy scouts <laughs> that would have been a weird boy scout to begin with <laughs> absolutely you know my, my history with uh spider-man goes back to uh the 70s which is you know born in 70s so the electric company was my first exposure to a oh, very geez. daffy silly spider-man um and yeah. electric company comic books yes Are that too both books? yes i had the comics and uh you know so that was you know, my first filmed live action Spider-Man. And then not too long after, an actor named Nicholas Hammond was employed in a very goony show, <laughs> which I have a soft spot for. But, you know, yes, it's it was certainly not anything that he foresaw when he was the youngest Von Trapp. <laughs> he didn't think that he was ever going to be Spider-Man when, when he was climbing the Alps to freedom. <laughs> and that was a weird show, you know, it, because... They, yeah. they spent so much of their ingenuity tilting the camera so that Spider-Man could walk up wall and being so proud of themselves. Every time I saw that and I saw how lavishly the show spotlighted it, I always wanted to point out that Fred Astaire did that 70 years before. <laughs> but, but they spent so much time and ingenuity on that that I was watching the show thinking, 
well, okay, you've got the wall crawling business down just fine, but this character can lift a car over his head and you're not showing anything like that. He's duking it out with, you know, Muggs Malone and it's taking right. <laughs> it had a sort of, a, I don't think Aaron Spelling produced it, but it had a spelling-ish kind of sheen to it, I think. So, and then uh, really a kind of a vacuum of time um, until I guess James Cameron was noodling around trying to bring a Spider-Man, and I'm I'm assuming that book covers that era yeah. a little bit. Okay, yeah. it was a disaster. I mean, it just didn't make it to screen, and I don't think people the suits understood what a comic book movie was. That clearly has changed. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but although, although the the Spider-Man nerds out there are probably going nuts if there are any in Wisconsin, they're probably going nuts because your great void is passing over the Spider-Man animated series that oh okay old childhood <laughs> right we're right talking about, we're talking about you know if we talk about the big screen then yeah we have to wait a long time yeah and for that first sam Raimi spider-man which was really revolutionary i mean i think everything that we live through now from marvel you know marvel movies and dc movies uh really can point to Raimi saying i am going to be true to the book and he by and large was right which must have made right. the suits crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that is a big element that doesn't i think get as much credit as it deserves which is there's a reason that this property is popular so i am not going to get my hands on this property and then change that reason i'm not going to do that i'm not going to you know the infamous example would be well to make a fantastic four movie and have their powers come from a magic crystal <laughs> <laughs> because the cosmic ray storm is too expensive for you that's not that's not how it works <laughs> isn't it amazing marvel has come full circle and their tv show about ms marvel changed her powers <laughs> to come from a magic crystal i swear it's in the marvel <laughs> cinematic playbook when in doubt magic crystal <laughs> <laughs> it's such a yeah you well, know i've kicked around outside and i find a lot of igneous I, i've yet to come across anything that makes me want to put on spandex i it's just you know <laughs> I, I, well thank god for small favors <laughs> I guess. although the wisconsin version of a magic crystal would be well look it defrosts the car <laughs> I don't even have to leave the couch. <laughs> Honey, look, I'm defrosting the car. I don't have to use the scraper today. Yeah, that's very true. Although, point out that that fidelity to original source material, you would have had a lot of Spider-Man fans at the time of that first Sam Raimi movie saying so. Oh, sure. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Let's just get the, the elephant in the room out into the open. <laughs> Peter Parker in that movie, once he's irradiated by a radioactive spider, ejaculates his webs <laughs> out of his hands. He sprays. I believe this is a family movie, Steve. I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean it only in the dictionary sense of the word. He sprays gooey, translucent stuff all over his room. When he's in control, I know. <laughs> Tonight on Cinemax at 2 a.m., <laughs> Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. <laughs> you, you look at all that stuff and you think, okay, well, that's liberties with the character. But then what do you get in the first Spider-Man movie? That web-slinging sequence. Oh, yes, yes. That first web-slinging sequence. Quite a and bit of humor in that. When he's just going through the canyons of Manhattan. Right. A continuous shot that is not a cartoon. There's no animation. There's no primitive CGI. No, nothing like that. Just 
amazing. People forget. People forgot that that was when you saw that it was exhilarating. I remember the first time and thinking, I've never seen this before. How often can you say that about any movie? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, yeah. and Spider-Man 2, if we're going to stick with the Raimi thing, I mean, that had the benefit of a really fine screenplay. I mean, that actually was a well-written, you know, it still is hailed, I suppose, alongside The Dark Knight when people say these are the best of the best of the best type yeah. of, you know, superhero movies. So and despite all, I mean, it had. Well, I think double the special effects budget of the first one. It had tons and tons of eye candy with Dr. Octopus and whatnot. Right, right. Humor as well. Lots yes. and lots of humor. But Raimi didn't feel that it was complete until he caps it with another epic web-slinging sequence. It's like that's what, <laughs> for him, was the kind of the core of the character was yeah. that Spider-Man web-slings all over Absolutely. the place. Absolutely. It's kind of weird when you think about the comics. Uh, the, I, I was reading these things from the beginning. I was reading mm -hmm. They first came out angrily because to me it seemed like what i've never seen it in any stan lee biography i've never seen it in any history of the character it's not in this book but i firmly believe that spider-man was stan lee's tongue-in-cheek poking fun at superman but <laughs> really all the character that i believe interesting of him, say the spider or something like that i think right, it was right but uh in those original comics he lives with his aunt mm -hmm in a split level suburban home and i remember even back then when i was reading those issues thinking okay well once you get out of the you know once you get to the bridge and tunnel what's he swinging on <laughs> is is this wouldn't work at all the last the last two miles spider-man would just be walking up the sidewalk like any schmo his neighbors are saying what you got on there <laughs> uber uber would help now i mean i don't know <laughs> yeah, so. your way to aunt may's bedroom window you couldn't do it but um Shall we talk about the book? The book itself, yes. We're actually uh, waxing, uh, you know, nostalgic here. But so well, the book, well, part of it is justified, and part of it is the reason that the book exists, right? Which is that everybody's going to be able to wax nostalgic about Spider-Man. That's what this author is counting on. He's he's counting on the fact that no one will have this reaction to the Fantastic Four mm. or Thor or Doctor Strange. No one will, whereas everyone will with Spider-Man. Everyone has Counting. some history. Everyone has a, definitely a little Spider-Man right. history. Even if it's the Sunday funnies, I remember as a kid, it would show up in there too. So it's it's remarkable. TV, uh, the Spider-Man newspaper. Daily uh, Strip, the, yeah. At the beginning of that strip, it was written by Stan Lee and drawn by John Romita Sr. And inked, John Romita Sr. inked his own artwork. Wow. Those original panels ought to be in a gigantic facsimile art book. They're so beautiful. And they're not. They I've done the last full-scale collaboration between those two oh, giants. Wow, that's. I remember yeah. getting those, when that was first uh, released into Sunday syndication. It was sure. coming, you know, in the in the paper every day, and then full color on Sunday. I remember thinking, somebody in the newspaper syndicate has no idea how valuable they <laughs> is, so they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't <laughs> right. just bundle it in with the rest of the paper, and then very quickly the artwork went to other people. <laughs> sure, sure, absolutely. But for a beginning, for a while there, it was beautiful spider-man artwork huh. by john Romita senior with scripts by stan lee they amazing took uh, and those, have, those have not been collected I'm, i don't want to digress too much but those have not been collected anywhere those early strips i think they have been but okay. not not with uh, a spotlight on those two not okay with a spotlight on that era sure 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 and Absolutely. also I'd be, I'd be willing to bet that there's some sort of copyright entanglement mm. that, that prevents marvel itself from uh just making a big graphic novel out of them. Otherwise, sure. we would have done it. 
Absolutely. I mean, the original John Romita Sr. artwork of Spider-Man <laughs> that has, as far as I know, never been collected in the kind of one in every comic shop distribution that Marvel always does with the stuff they own. I feel like knowing you, you have a scrapbook somewhere in your house with those taped to uh... <laughs> wonder... those early ones, the ones that were when I realized, wow! So I'm buying my my comics every week at the at the you know the drugstore, but in the, in the paper every day there's three panels of Stan Lee mm -hmm. writing Spider Man and John Romita Senior drawing Spider Man, and on Amazing. Sunday I got full color six yeah. panels. <laughs> when at the time. The artwork on Spider-Man's book was being done by somebody talented, but not John Romita Sr., yeah, one yeah. of the greatest artists Marvel's ever had. Uh, but I want to read. I want to read from Please. the phenomenal book on the discussion yes. to sort of get at why. The author actually touches early on in the book on why Spider-Man elicits that reaction. He's sure. talking about himself, but I bet this applies to a lot of people. Uh, he writes, personally, I admire the fact that Spider-Man refuses to quit. Perseverance in the face of overwhelming odds is a popular blue-collar hero trope, and it's the one I try to borrow from Spider-Man and apply to my own life. Even when he's exhausted, outmatched, frustrated, or overwhelmed, Spidey digs down deep to find that last burst of effort, ensuring that he does the responsible thing. He's made costly mistakes along the way and has paid tremendous emotional prices because of them. The storylines that are associated with Spider-Man's failures over the years tend to have the greatest impact with fans because they remind us of how human this character can be. And I would argue that that is the secret, the secret ingredient here is that Spider-Man is the yeah. most human of them all. Of Absolutely. Self-deprecating. Self-deprecating, real, real world problems. Yeah. Uh, sprains an arm and has to fight crime in a sling, gets a head cold, gets an ulcer. <laughs> right, in the seventies, right. he got an ulcer <laughs> and so on and so forth. Whereas, You'd you'd be hard pressed to find another superhero that is like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's Marvel he's us. Man, yeah, he's us. You might want the Marvel might want some of that to rub off on their other heroes, but it really doesn't. It I really don't rec I don't recall Prince Namor ever getting terribly self deprecating. No, no. Prince, Prince Namor is is uh, yeah, he's very much the human, the yes. human torch. The original human torch, ironically, is called that, but he is not human. He is a perfect android. Captain America is essentially a perfect android. Yeah, Batman yeah. is a normal human being, no superpowers, but who is anything like Batman? <laughs> no one is anything like Batman. <laughs> and the, the big name heroes are all of them gods. They're all in DC yeah. comics, and they're all gods. They're Certainly. Not, there's nothing like Spider-Man, and that has managed to remain true. I'm surprised in one movie incarnation after another that has yeah. been true. I'm surprised they haven't tried to replicate the Spider-Man kind of uh, formula because you'd think there'd be more heroes because of his raging success. Why wouldn't they make more? Well, almost, they have, yeah. but it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. <laughs> Interesting. It's been tried many times, but it hasn't worked. And the, you get that in the movies as well. Yeah. Right. Spider-Man yes. in the movies often fails i would say the closest that the movies come to alienating you from spider-man was when for reasons passing understanding the studio decided to cast andrew garfield mm. as spider-man who is very very visibly a raging nuclear a-hole and most people <laughs> are not I, I firmly argue in my humanist belief in the world that most people are not raging nuclear a-holes so when you see one on the screen trying to act like mr humble you just want to punch him. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, they brought that emo thing to him, and I think that was what the, they thought would be a good idea. And I think even in maybe a few of the titles in the comic run, they must have tried that version. And yeah, yeah I mean, the, you know, the early 2000s were hard for all of us, okay? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there we go so with great power um if you're coming at it i guess from two ways which is how our patrons will one they'll be like us and can hold their own in most spider-man conversations or someone who's utterly foreign to that would that book work for both uh parties can we can we first agree for the sake of general humanity that we're hoping they aren't like us <laughs> No, we we want clones. We're not, we're not advocating that. At all. <laughs> no, this is not a lifestyle you want to adopt, no, folks. Bitten by a radioactive nerd. <laughs> I was warned about that. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, that is a weak spot of this book. This book mm -hmm. has a number of weak spots. The author, as you as you heard, has a very enthusiastic prose style. You will never be bored reading this book. But there are a couple of major weak spots to it. And there's no, there's been no book like this, as far as I know. A thoroughgoing, yeah. in-the-weeds, detail-oriented cinematic history of Spider-Man. Mm. I don't think has ever been done other than this book. But it's yeah. really for the mega fan. Okay. Um, is he trying to do, is he exposing, like, uh, backroom conversations at Sony Studios? Is that kind of thing going on a little? That's another weak spot in the book. Okay. A noticeable weak spot in the book is that nobody talked to the author. Oh, that is a weak spot. That's so, so glaring. You're going through the... Well, he's done the work that you and I aren't going to do. All right. He, he, no one's talked to him, but he's read everything. Every quote, every, okay. every podcast, every blog, every single utterance, everywhere. And he sifted through all of it to draw out the picture that he paints. Okay. So, although... You know, you get to the point where Tom Holland is cast as Spider-Man and you keep hoping even that late in the book that the author is at one point going to say, I sat down with Holland. That never sure. happened. That, wow. that never happened. But he's read everything that Holland <laughs> said about this character, watched it all, watched every DVD extra, every interview, all of it. That's a lot. That's, That's a lot. That's a lot. And given the fact that Hollywood is absolutely rife with uh private deals and non-disclosure agreements this of may course. be as close as we can ever come i suppose it that's true be that andrew garfield or toby mcguire couldn't sit down with this guy and say well you know uh so-and-so was a real jerk <laughs> <laughs> they might not be able to do that it might right. be that this is the best book that we can get on the subject okay okay well and that's that's fair i mean i think that's fair and uh there, there's an inset of uh color photos in the uh in the middle of the book and unfortunately those of you who are watching way too many of them are the author posing oh. on set somewhere with a comic book he did a location tour yes but notice what's <laughs> not in that picture tom holland is not I in that don't see it. <laughs> i don't see any sam raimi i don't see it. No, no, no there's no there's no uh <laughs> no there's no there's no tom holland there's no uh What's his name? Why am I blanking on uh, Garfield or? Oh, sure, sure. There's no nothing like that. He's just in that picture. In most of the other pictures in the book, he is a very enthusiastic fan, and that's what you have to go into this book expecting. This is a book written by a very enthusiastic fan. He is. What was his uh, his deal? He's the managing editor of Cinema Blend, a globally recognized entertainment news website. Oh boy, he's a professional fan. 
Yes, Cinema Blend is very, very active in the uh, film uh, geek community. And they're boosters. Yeah. Yeah. They don't do critical analysis. No, no, certainly not. No, they are. Uh, they are what the neckbearded quasi-fascists on YouTube <laughs> refer to as shills. They also refer to them as the access media. They squeal with glee, whereas most of us just look at a press release. They, they, they giggle. <laughs> they right. stomp their feet and giggle. Right. <laughs> yes. Cinema Blend and a whole bunch of uh, of outfits like it exist predicated on the uh, the opening assumption that any new cinematic adaptation of any comic book will already be good. So the, the product does not need to prove itself to them, which means you're going to get tons of enthusiasm. This is an amazingly enthusiastic book. But oh, yeah. what the exact thing that you zeroed in on, and then maybe a lot of fans are going to want that kind of backroom, what really went on here stuff. Yeah. That's that's not in this. Not book. quite there. Not quite no. there. His name is this Sean O'Connell, right? Is that Sean O'Connell? Yes. Okay. This is a Herculean labor of pulling together everything that we know on the public record about these movies. <laughs> so we don't call it a labor of love. We're going to call it a labor of lust almost. <laughs> I mean, it's just. Well, the, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm citing that as a drawback of the book. You'd kind of wish that it were, that it were something else. But I also want to stress what I said a minute ago, which is that no one else has done this. Yes. And it's got to be great fun. It's got to be great fun. Right. Most oh, of the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And it will bring back memories. Oh my. Hmm. He reminds me, for instance, he reminds the reader that uh, the original trailer for Sam Raimi's Raimi Spider-Man wanted to mm. underscore how thoroughly New York a character he was. So at one point, he strings up some fleeing villains between the two towers. I remember that. And you can still find that trailer online. Yep. But of course, Sony pulled it. Because yes. They, you know, uh, they had they stuck to the original release date. They weren't going to refilm the movie. Right, right. In Los Angeles or something like that. But they got rid of that of that trailer. What an interesting that, time. The book reminds you of every single little detail like that. Wow. All fantastic. those little details are in here. Now, all those details are public knowledge. But like I said, you and I wouldn't have gone trawling to get them all and put them in one book. So that's right. a value. They're, yes, they're, absolutely. If you are a fan of Spider-Man on the screen and you want to have the whole picture onto two covers, this will be the book. Absolutely. So, so one could say that this is not just a book about uh, Peter Parker and Spider-Man. It's as much a book about Sean O'Connell. <laughs> it's very much about Sean. So I think he would probably argue with that. He would probably say, "I tried very hard to keep the spotlight on the subject," but it, and I'm not saying it as a negative because right. he's a tremendously winning fellow on the page. Certainly, he shares his enthusiasms in a way that makes you want to share them too. He's a friend. Just maybe, <laughs> maybe, give him a wedgie. Just, just for old time's sake. Just by by page forty, your your wedgie fingers are going to be itching in a way that they haven't been since uh, you were wearing your Letterman's. I was always the recipient, Steve, uh, never the deliverer. Uh, so uh, we're going to bring back memories then. <laughs> Well, um... <laughs> so in your case, you would be getting to page 30 or 40 and you would be wanting to whisper to him, which are the best places to eat lunch, the safest places, <laughs> whatever <laughs> reflex you have, whether it's your wedgie giving fingers or your herd instinct protection. <laughs> uh, use the stairwell by the gymnasium if you want exactly. easy access to the parking lot. <laughs> Very important. But that, to I mean, to, to sum up the book, that is its greatest appeal: is that it's the it's the ultimate fans' ultimate account of this character on the screen. That A genre, yeah. There, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I, I 
most of the stories in here were I was the book was reminding me of them rather than mm -hmm. telling me about them because sure. they're all public knowledge and like you probably I read a lot about these things when they were happening. I was very happy to see it. It was exciting. It was an exciting so I, time to I was, yeah. I was up for any interview. I was up for yeah. any long article in Vanity Fair or Esquire or whatever. So I've read a lot of that material, but I needed to be reminded of it in this book. <laughs> and really, how many people did that? I don't yeah. think probably many people did that. So there, there'll be a lot in this book. Absolutely. I mean, Spider-Man don't know, especially yeah. with fans of Spider-Man on the screen yeah. started with Tom Holland in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I imagine a lot of people did. A lot of people are not familiar with the genesis of these earlier movies. Absolutely. There's some some young youngsters out there uh, taking in them Spider-Man movies, right? <laughs> so, In terms of the patrons out there, if you have a Spider-Man fan in your family, <laughs> this is an absolute must-have book. Absolutely. And like I mentioned, because Sean O'Connell is the ultimate fan, it the way he writes this the persona that he presents it's really not going to matter how young that spider-man fan is mm -hmm. you're not gonna have to worry about it in this book they're gonna start making checklists they're like i did i forgot about spider-man three. Oh, i didn't know venom was in that so yeah maybe yeah, it'll well, uh this has all of the stuff like you were mentioning about all yeah. of the failed spider-man projects sure all the details on that Wonderful. all in one place so it... really really interesting to read it sounds like fun. We're getting our copy uh, off the truck next week. As far as I can tell, this may change, but we are the only library in our system to carry this right now. So I'm expecting many holds. And uh, yeah, the hopefully we got worry you. about our book of the day is that we're just going to be tormenting your library system. I don't want a Wisconsin hit, hit squad of dairy farmers coming to find me. I'm not meaning to torture your system with all of these books. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> it was time to uh, freshen things up a bit, and I think we're doing just that. So it's uh, it's it's a good I don't know thing. What a Wisconsin hitman would say <laughs> anyway. Oh, you over there, yeah, yeah, yeah you. <laughs> And then they'd apologize. I'm sorry. I got to run you through with my pitchfork. It's okay. No, it's all right. You know, it happens to everybody. Um, so there we go. Wonderful show today. Great choice. Uh, very exciting. Uh, it's always fun to talk about uh, Spider-Man. So uh, I had a good time. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with another episode. Steve Donahue is the man's name. You can find him all over the place in relationship to books. And that's what he does. And that's probably what he's going to go do right now. Yep. <laughs> all right. Take care, Steve. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.